Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
מהפכה של שמחה, ליאור נרקיס ועומר אדם, open things up here on the Israel show. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day, your week. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following Jamie and Dam live, a live broadcast, and then on demand, you can listen to it whenever you want, on demand, via the Nachum Siegel Network app, nachumsiegel.com website, and of course, by iPod, iPad, iPod, any, any, any type of, um, Podcast, you can podcast it via the iTunes store. Subscribe and get it every week into your mailbox. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show is open and welcomes your comments and uh, remarks. We have great uh, joy in posting during the week, immediately after the show, the links to the songs that we played and then different news, uh, things that we think are different, are unique maybe and worth your time. Uh, we're up to 324 likes. Likes are important, meaning liking the page, not liking a particular post. We welcome our most recent likers, Dwayne and Terry, Sam and Svi. Thank you so much for doing that, for um, thinking of us and for liking the um, Israel Show web um, Facebook page, I should say. Um, we have the sad task of um, sending out condolences to uh, our leader, if you will, Nachum Siegel. The network is, carries his name. And in my case, he is somebody who has been a tremendous friend to me for, I don't know, 30 years, something like that, um, who has done uh, a lot for me, and, and uh, I owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to. Uh, as many of you may know, his mother, Mrs. Esther Siegel, passed away over the weekend. She was wife of the late Rabbi Zev Siegel, mother of Leah Aharonov, Moshe Siegel, Zichrona Levracha, Rabbi Chaim Nate Siegel, Pnina Rabin, Nachum Siegel, and Rabbi Yigal Siegel. And we send Tanchumim to the entire Siegel family. And there's another side of the spectrum. And it's a Mazel Tov to our dear friend and colleague, Matis Weingast and Karen on the um, wedding yesterday of their dear son, Ellie, to Ariel. Ariel, yeah, that's a nice name. Is it Ariella? I don't know how she pronounced it. But in Hebrew, it's, it's written Ariel. Ariel Engelmeyer, daughter of De- Debbie and Judah Engelmeyer of Teaneck, New Jersey. The beautiful wedding yesterday that it was a, a great joy to participate in. We were only saddened that, uh, unfortunately, Nahum couldn't attend. Uh, because of the passing of his mother. And we we hope that future smachot will be simcha undiluted, um, and we should always share smachot, all of us together. We'll go to another song, then we'll get to the um, meat of our show. We're going to analyze the president's words this past week, uh, his, his um, speech at the uh, American University in Washington, Wow, that was one of the worst. I, I, and I'm not the only one, by the way, who says that. So many people, both on the left and on the right, agree that this was one of, of the most horrific speeches that a president of the United States can make. We'll um, share with you the situation of uh, the shul named Ayelat Hashachar in Givad Ze'ev. There's a shul that's, that's being targeted for destruction. Can you imagine? In Israel, not far from Yerushalayim, just a bit north. And uh, it's reminiscent of 10 years ago of, of um, Gush Katif. It's, it's pretty sad. And uh, other 
information and uh, lots of great music as well. This is relatively new. Eretz Tova, Eti Levi. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming to love that song, Eretz Tova Eti Levi. That's new. We played it here a few times, but it is a new song, and we're happy to share it with you here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayo Weingarten. 
here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Do you remember the name Chaya Zissel Brown? Zechronali Vracha. Her parents, a uh, couple living in Yerushalayim, I believe the American couple living in Yerushalayim, her parents waited many, many years for a child, and she, Chaya Zissel, was their first one day before her three-month birthday, that means she was three months shy of a three months less one day old. They took the little the little baby for the first time to the Kotel. Dan Kashem finally having a child on the way back as they were standing on a street in Yushalayim. She was murdered by an Arab terrorist who rammed his car into them, killing two, injuring many others. I don't know how many people heard about it. We heard about it. Did the uh, did the international media tell you about this heartbreaking case? No. No, they didn't. Probably because she was a Jew that was killed by an Arab and not the other way around. Well, the good news is, and we do have good news today, we heard from Shmuel Brown, who announced this morning, yesterday morning, I'm sorry, um, the birth of a baby girl. And that is a big simcha. It was not long after this event that she became pregnant. And yesterday, the baby girl was born. He said, We thank God for everything. And we thank him for bringing us this morning a beautiful daughter. So, we share good news as well. While we're on the good news, let's go to... Uh, an upbeat song, Sha'ar, Tomer Chatuka. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Sameh, 
Helena and the Israeli dance group out in Highland Park, New Jersey. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying. Tell your friends. We've gotten amazing emails from, uh, we, we got one from Australia recently. We got one from Germany recently. Uh, of course, from Israel and throughout the United States, from England. Tell your friends. Tell your friends both uh, locally and internationally about the show if they're interested in Israel and news from Israel, music from Israel, inspiration from Israel. Please set them uh, on our show so that we can, you know, build our audience. We sort of congratulate Senator Schumer, and I say sort of because, um, yes, he did announce that he will vote against the Iran deal. Yes, he did announce that he will vote against... Up, um, when the president vetoes, he will vote against the president. He will not, he will not vote to uphold the veto. Yet, and I say we sort of, uh, uh, thank Senator Schumer. If he would have voted against this deal, quite frankly, um, I, I can't imagine how the Jewish community could have possibly supported him in the future. And I question, by the way, our support in the future of Senator Gillibrand, who vote, who said, she announced, she's voting for the deal. I don't know why we are not pressuring Senator Gillibrand as much as we press it, uh, pressured Senator Schumer. Now, it's true that Senator Schumer is a much uh, a higher-ranking figure in, in the Senate, but we are represented by Senator Gillibrand. She represents New York. She represents probably one of the largest Jewish communities outside of Israel. And we should be pressuring her office and calling her office and, and vociferously, yet politely, saying that we are upset, we think it is wrong, and that we have to question her future leadership of our state uh, in the Senate under these circumstances. And now back to uh, Senator Schumer. Yes, he did announce, make these announcements, and, and it has made... It's made an impression, without a doubt. It, it hit the headlines. It's big news. And supposedly, President Obama's very angry with him, and the White House spokesperson even said that there, there, there quite possibly will be Democrats who might question his leadership position in the future. He wants to be the head of the Democratic caucus in the future, and there are those, says the White House spokesperson, Josh Ernst, the, those who will question his leadership because he's voting against the president. Isn't that crazy? They, they, the administration keeps, uh, keeps, uh, saying, and uh, accusing everybody who's against the deal of being partisan. And, and look who's being partisan. Oh my lord. Anyway. Did Senator Schumer wait to see if there are going to be enough votes without him? Could be. I don't know. What we do know is that Senator Schumer is not, at least these are the reports in the news, he is not using his influence in the Senate to push any of his colleagues to vote with him. 
he he's sort of saying I'm going to vote against, and in, in in so doing, I've I've made sure that my constituents are happy, but I'm not going to fight this, even though I think it's bad. He thinks it's bad for Israel, yet he won't use his clout amongst the senators, the Democratic senators, that the ones that we need, to fight this bill. Okay. The President of the United States spoke last week, I believe it was on Wednesday, at the American University, and he gave a long speech, I think it was almost an hour, in which he went through all the different issues about the Iran deal and why everybody who's against it is wrong and why it's the greatest deal since, uh, I don't know, since sliced bread, I guess. There's one paragraph at the end I'm going to read to you, and then we'll play some clips and didn't have enough time to go through as many clips as I'd like to, but we'll play some. Here's a paragraph at the end. We live in a complicated world, he says. A world in which the forces unleashed by human innovation are creating opportunities for our children that were unimaginable for most of human history. That's true. It is also a world of persistent threats, a world in which mass violence and cruelty is all too common, and human innovation risks the destruction of all that we hold dear. In this world, the United States of America remains the most powerful nation on earth, and I believe that we will remain such for decades to come. But we are one nation amongst many, and here's the part, here's the part that I think we don't always realize and we need to be careful about. The president continues, Right, He said, but we are one nation among many. He, he confirms that we're the leader, that the United States is the most powerful nation on the earth. He didn't say leader, he just said the most powerful nation. But then he says, but we are one nation among many. And what separates us from the empires of old, was has made us, what has made us exceptional, is not the mere fact of our military might. Since World War II, the deadliest war in human history, we have used our power to try to bind nations together in a system of international law. We have led an evolution of those human institutions, as President Kennedy spoke about, to prevent the spread of deadly weapons, to uphold peace and security, and promote human progress. If you listen to what he's saying very carefully and put it together with everything that he said in the past. It's very clear, this president doesn't want America to lead, and he doesn't use the word leadership. He doesn't say America is a leader. He says America is the most powerful. But, we we need to bind nations together in a system of international law. That's the UN. This is a president that wants America not to lead, but America to be one of all the nations of the world, that should work together, blah, 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 la, 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 to uphold peace and security and promote human progress. He's living in la-la land. That, that's really the truth. And this is the danger. This is, this is somebody who's living in la-la land. He, here's, he, he, here's one clip, just to give you an idea of how much la-la land he's living in. This is from um, from his speech last week, in which he expressed his support for the Iran deal and was very, very angry at those who were against it. Well, here's, here's some of his remarks. And finally, Iran has powerful incentives to keep its commitments. 
Before getting sanctions relief, Iran has to take significant concrete steps, like removing centrifuges and getting rid of its stockpile. If Iran violates the agreement over the next decade, all of the sanctions can snap back into place. We won't need the support of other members of the UN Security Council. America can trigger snapback on our own. Yeah. The sanctions are just going to snap back, and we don't need the other nations. In the meantime, already now, before the Senate and the Congress even voted, Russia and China and all of the European countries that have something to sell to Iran are there making deals already now. Iran is going to be flush with money to support Hezbollah and Hamas and other terrorist organizations that it has created and it supports on a regular basis. That were drying out to some extent because Iran didn't have money because of the sanctions. They're going to snap back. It, 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 It is absolutely ludicrous. My head sometimes want to explode. What snapback? It took forever to bring on these, these, um, these sanctions. And the president claims that one of the reasons we have to go to this deal now is because the other countries weren't going to continue the sanctions. They were getting they were getting very tired of these sanctions, and they kept pressing for an end to the sanctions. And if they would have ended the sanctions, what good would it have done? So we had to do it now, really. So. If so, you think when Iran breaks this deal, which will happen, everybody agrees, sooner or later, they're going to agree to quote-unquote snapback sanctions? And if they don't agree, and it's only the United States who's going to quote-unquote snapback sanctions, going to happen like snap, like the words they choose, snap. It's, it's not going to happen in a snap, that's for sure. Do you think that these other countries are going to abide by it? They don't want to abide by it now. You think that in two years from now, when, when, when Iran starts breaking the agreement, if it takes that long, they're going to agree to that? They already have deals in the works. I, I really, I really sometimes my head wants, I, my head, I feel like my head is going to explode. Now there's another very dangerous trend in this speech. It's code. He doesn't say it out loud. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that the president is hinting to throughout this speech. There are forces, he is saying, in the United States and from outside of the United States, namely Israel, that are lobbying against this bill. They are the same people that got us into the Iraq war. That's so dangerous. What he's basically saying, without saying it is, the Jews, the Jewish lobby, Israel, those interests, they got us into the Iraq war. And now they want us not to sign this deal. Listen. Between now and the congressional vote in September, you are going to hear a lot of arguments against this deal, backed by tens of millions of dollars in advertising. And if the rhetoric in these ads and the accompanying commentary sounds familiar, it should. For many of the same people who argued for the war in Iraq are now making the case against the Iran nuclear deal. You understand? Do you hear? It's very, very subtle. 
And now hear this segment, which again, I believe, is, is sending that same subtle message. Everybody except Israel is for this. So this deal is not just the best choice among alternatives. This is the strongest non-proliferation agreement ever negotiated. And because this is such a strong deal, every nation in the world that has commented publicly, with the exception of the Israeli government, has expressed support. That is so disingenuous, it is unbelievable. We all know that there are many governments that are against this. Saudi Arabia is against this. Egypt is against this. Jordan is against this. Many other Arab and Gulf states are against this because they know where it's going to lead. But the president puts the finger on Israel. Only Israel is against this. But no, no, he can't just out and out lie, right? Listen carefully to the words. I mean, he... What can I say about our president? Listen carefully what he says. Every nation in the world that has commented publicly, with the exception of Israel, has expressed support. Yes, he knows all too well that there are many, many countries that have made it very clear, but not publicly, that they're against this deal. Saudi Arabia is not going to publicly say we're against the deal. Neither will Egypt, neither will some of the other Gulf states and the Arab countries and Jordan and so forth. Israel is the only one who's saying it out loud. And it's because Saudi Arabia is so against this deal and feels so betrayed by America that Saudis are now, believe it or not, talking to the Israelis. Because they have a common enemy. And the president gets up there and makes a statement leaving the impression it's only the Israelis. Those who were against the war, those who were for the war in Iraq, and those, those, those warmongers, and it's the Israelis, and the lobbyists that are going to spend millions, tens of millions of dollars. Oh my gosh. What can I say? We are dealing with a president that doesn't play fair. I, I have to say, does not play fair at all. Not even close. And we're dealing with a media that supports him way too much. In this same speech, by the way, he said, I, I don't have the exact quote, the radicals in Iran that yell death to Israel, they're not the ones that we are negotiating. They're the ones who don't like this deal. Really? The radicals in Iran who are yelling death to Israel are the leaders of the country. Here's the quote. I have it. I recognize that resorting to force may be tempting in the face of the rhetoric and behavior that emanates from parts of Iran. Parts of Iran, notice, he says. It's offensive. It's incendiary. We do take it seriously. But superpowers should not act impulsively in response to taunts or even provocations that can be addressed short of war. 
Just because Iranian hardliners chant death to America doesn't mean that that's what all Iranians believe. In fact, it's those hardliners who are most comfortable with the status quo. It's those hardliners chanting death to America who have been most opposed to the deal. They're making common cause with the Republican caucus. Two, two crazy points. The president says that the ones yelling death to America are the hardliners who are against the deal. That's the leadership. The supreme leader of Iran sits at the head of, of, of an assemblage of people yelling death to America and he's leading them in the chant, death to Israel, death to America. What is this president talking about? And then to equate them saying that they're making common cause with the Republicans, that, that the terrorist, tyrannical, radical Islamic, Islamic leadership of Iran and the Republican Party? Where's the outrage? I, I just, I, I don't get it. This is really sad. It's sad. It's frustrating. I don't know where we go from here. I, I have a very bad feeling. I don't think that this is going to, um, I, I believe it's going to be passed at the end of the day and, and um, the world is going to have to live with it. What can I say? Let's go to some music. How's that? Something new from um, Nava Geffen. It's, I believe it's a remake of a, of a rather old song called Ahava Atika. Very beautiful. We're debuting it here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Shake 
I think there's this, I don't know, was there a song like this called Zemer Atik? I don't, I don't know. I'm a little confused, but it's okay. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for joining us, wherever you are, whenever it is. Please do feel free to write to us, Mayor, M-E-I-R, at NachumSiegel.com, Mayor, M-E-I-R, at NachumSiegel.com. And, uh, of course, even better, get to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Like it, and you can send us a message, or you can comment, as you wish. It's hard to imagine that, um, oh wait, you know what, we should do this, before I continue. We should tell you about the fact that the Israel show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, a week from today, God willing. Nachum will be joining a charter flight, an El Al plane filled with Olim, that will be going to Israel moving to Israel, making their future in Israel with the rest of the Jewish people. Stay tuned for the great broadcast that uh, will be emanating from the Nachum Siegel Network, from JM and the AM during, uh, during that trip. Nefesh Benefesh, of course, provides a limb with assistance, resources, aid, support, everything you need to help make your Aliyah as successful as possible. We encourage you to go to their website, even if you're not thinking about Aliyah right now. Go to their website. Take a look at it. It's it, it, it's something that we should all be thinking about, so you may as well take a look at their website and, and get some ideas. Again, even if you're not thinking about it right now. Their website is www.nbn.org.il www.nbn.org.il The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. I started saying that it is really hard to imagine that some 70 years after the Holocaust, there's a place in the world that a court is ruling that a synagogue should be destroyed. It's even more astounding that that place is Israel, even more astounding that the place is but five kilometers north of the city of Yerushalayim. The name of the shul is Ayelat HaShachar. It's in Givad Ze'ev, a suburb of Yerushalayim. If you know where Nebi Samuel is, also known as Kever Shmuel Hanavi, it's, it's just a few miles north of that, literally, right right up the road, so to speak. The shul was built 13 years ago. There are 14 Sifrei Torah in the shul. It is home to 400 people who worship there. The people, the members of uh, this town of Givad Ze'ev, bought the land upon which the shul sits from a local Arab many years ago probably like 15, 16 years ago. They paid for it. They built a beautiful structure. In 2008, in 2008, 
That's only seven years ago. And this shul has been standing for 13 years. In 2008, the Israeli Jewish group called Yesh Din, which is a, to my mind, a horrific group filled of hatred for Israel. A group that, unfortunately, helps delegitimize Israel around the world with this stuff that they do. They call themselves Yesh Din. It's unbelievable. Yesh Din meaning there is justice. Well, they they go and look. They go and look for places that Jews have built and do research. Spend tons of money. And, and some of this money comes, by the way, where they funded from, in part by the European Union. And some by American Jews, I hate to say. Yeshtin goes and researches every place that Jews have constructed, homes, shuls, whatever. And they try to find proof that that land actually belongs to some Arab, even if the Arab doesn't even know about it. This has happened in Ali, this has happened in other places. They find the Arab or the heirs and they say to him, listen, we want to represent you. We'll go to the high court in Israel, to the Supreme Court, and demand that you get this land back. This is your land. The Arab, who doesn't even know in many cases that the land is his, says, sure, why not? Stupid Jews. Look at them. Last night, the court ruled that last night they must take out of the shul all all movable objects. The seats, the tables, the sidurim, the chumah, everything. Can you imagine the shul was emptied out this morning, Israel time. The Sifrei Torah were taken out. And now the high court has to rule whether the building has to be demolished. An organization on the opposite end of the scale, Rigavim, an amazing organization that deals with legal contests of the land in Israel, meaning when such a case comes up and le- the legality of the building is being contested, or the opposite, when Arabs are building illegally all over the Negev, all over the Galil, they contested in court. Rigavim is helping the people of Givadzeev. And they have brought case after case after case as precedent that when the sides are flipped, when there's illegal use of land by Arabs, or when the Arabs build a mosque on land that does not belong to them, that may belong to a private Jew, that instead of saying to the Arabs or the Bedouins, you have to tear down that house, they say, okay, we're going to find an accommodation, we'll pay the owner, whatever it is, because we don't want to be responsible for tearing down a holy place, a place of worship. But here, the high court won't rule and say, find an accommodation. Pay the Arab money. No, no, no. They want that shul. Yeshdin wants that shul destroyed. It is very sad that this is taking place. I don't know how we can protest it. I don't know. We sit in America, it's very hard. But, um, I don't know, maybe by supporting Regavim. Haven't thought about it enough, but that's a possibility.
It's an uh, outstanding organization. Sad but true. It is sad but true. Here's a here's a very interesting song. I found it on online somewhere. Shlomo Artzi, one of Israel's uh, very popular, one of the most popular singers in Israel, known as a secular person. I've often said we don't know exactly what that means. Um, I don't even know what year he put this out, but he put out this version of Yigdal, Yigdal, Yigdal Elohim Chai, and we're going to play it for you here on the Israel Show. Shlomo Artzi, in an unusual song for him, Yigdal Elohim Chai. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Yigdal Elohim Chai Ve'yishtabach Nimtza ve'en'et El metziyuto Nimtza ve'en'et El metziyuto Echad ve'en yachid Ke'yichudo Nelam ve'gam ensof Le'achduto Nelam vegam en sof le achduto en lo de mutaguf venoguf lo narochelav kedushato lo narochelav kedushato kadmon lechol davar asher nivra. Rishon en Rashid le Rashito, Rishon ve en Rashid le Rashito. Would you hear Shlomo Artsy singing Yigdal Elohim Chai? If not here on the Israel Show, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're happy to have you along. I will be filling in for Nahum, who, as we mentioned earlier, is uh, sitting Shiva. I will be filling in for him at J- over at JM in the AM on Wednesday morning. And uh, this week will be handled by the great group of colleagues. Mayor Furtick did today. I know that. Um, Miriam Wallach will be doing one of the days. I believe Mark Zamek will be doing a day. 
And uh, we should do it for joyous occasions, not have to do it for sad occasions, as we uh, as we do now. Uh, hopefully we'll have a, a great show. I, I believe I am preparing for one, and I hope you join me and you join us again next week back here on the Israel Show immediately following Jam and the AM on Monday. We're going to close out the show with the song from the movie Ani Yerushalmi, Hasar Moshe Montefiore. This is like a very famous song in Israel. And in, in, in song format, it tells the story of the life of Sir Moses Montefiore, one of the first Jews to become a mega-rich Jew around the time of the Rothschilds and others. Until that point, there weren't Jews that were mega-rich because Jews couldn't really do very much they, they, before the emancipation in the 1800s. Um, and Moses Montefiore was not only one of the first Jews to become a mega-rich Jew, but when he did, he retired at an early age and set out to use the rest of his life to be a Jewish philanthropist, an advocate on behalf of Jews around the world, and specifically for the Jewish people in is that were living in Israel, the small Jewish population at the time. He went to Israel seven times during his lifetime, which is rather unprecedented when you had to do it by boat, and it took a long time. And you were a Sir Moses Montefiore, and you were coming to Israel, which was just a shambles at the time. It, it is truly amazing. There is a relatively recent biography of his written a few years ago. Um, not as much information about him as there should be, but he is... Uh, one of the heroes of Jewish history, of recent Jewish history. Yemin Moshe is named after him, as are other uh, places throughout the state of Israel. And that famous windmill in Yerushalayim that we all know, not far from the King David, the Inbal, the King Solomon, that is a, it has now been revitalized, but originally built by Sir Moses Montefiore to be a source of livelihood, of Parnassah for the Jews that he was hoping would leave the crowded quarters of the old city of Jerusalem and move to the um, neighborhood that he built right there called Mishkanot Sha'ananim. Wow, if he'd be alive today, I think he would have tremendous nachas. His yartzeit was Ted Zion Av last week, and so we're going to end off the show with the song Sar Moshe Montefiore, Yehoram Gaon, from the movie Ani Yerushalmi. And of course, before we do that, as we do each and every week, we're going to thank you. We're going to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all your Facebook likes and your comments, your emails from around the world. Thanks to the staff and the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, and my condolences to our dear friend Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Encore Presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by Headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until Wednesday on Jamie the Aim, and next Monday, right here, following Jamie the Aim, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different Hasar, 